What's up? Jeff Kasouf here on Kicking Back, as always, and it's the final edition of our special Olympics edition of this podcast where we've been coming to you after each match day, and it's the last one gold medal match. Canada, Olympic gold medalist from Tokyo 2020, 2021, if you're living in the present. Canada with a first gold medal, first triumph at an international major tournament of any kind have not gotten to this point, uh, have not won a World Cup, and up until today, Friday, August 6th, 2021, had not won an Olympics. And that all changed now. It prevailed in penalty kicks, a penalty kick shootout, went to sudden death in the penalty kick shootout over Sweden, and a big day for Canada, a big day for soccer in that country, and, and um, you know a lot of hope that that, that goes to propel something uh, to something more. Christine Sinclair talked about it afterwards. So some highlights from this one, from this result, really, what this means. You know, just mentioned her name, I think from a neutral perspective, Christine Sinclair, uh, the all-time international goal scorer, man or woman, you know, and from a neutral standpoint, just a person who is easy to root for, um, is has not, has had some hard times, you know, I think a federation that, that at times could have been more supportive even from the fact of playing more games, which would have helped this program in years past, um, has gone through some rough tournaments. 2011, Canada finished last, that 2011 World Cup. She played that group stage. She tried to carry the team on her back with a broken nose, playing with a face mask sustained at the beginning of that tournament. And, uh, you know, a really bad tournament for Canada that year. They come back in 2012, win a bronze medal after the heartbreak of that semifinal, which we've talked about against the U.S., 4-3 loss in extra time, and back-to-back bronze medals 2012 and 2016, and they talked about changing the color of this medal, a phrase that has been used ad nauseum too much, annoyingly maybe, um, but they kept talking about changing the color of the medal, and they did that. They did it just by getting to Friday. It would have been silver or gold, and coming back to Canada with a gold medal, you know, it's, uh, again, from a neutral perspective, I'd say such an amazing thing for Christine Sinclair 21 years after her senior team debut for Canada. And there she is as a, a, an Olympic gold medalist, as a winner. And, you know, I think you look at this tournament, the Olympics, we've talked about this, talked about this in the preview. Sweden, start to finish, and maybe there's an asterisk there because the finish Maybe not quite so much, but from the start of this tournament, Sweden, most consistent team, best team, team to beat. They were a contender coming into this tournament right after match day one, beating the U.S. 3-0. Okay, this looks like a team to beat, and they kept that out. They kept that up throughout. They really, I don't think, were super challenged. Maybe you say in the semifinal against Australia, certainly Australia felt like they were in that game, and uh, a 1-0 result, yeah. Um, certainly there's an argument for that but you know start to to almost finish maybe we'll say Sweden most consistent team best team that front line Fridolina Rolfo uh, Stina Blackstinius Sofia Jakobsen Lena Hurtig off the bench I mean Kosovar Aslani running that number 10 position this was the team to beat and Canada beat them in a penalty shootout goes to you know doesn't go down as a, a victory through the run of play but um you know a big a big moment and result for canada so i'd say from a neutral perspective you know 
I think you, you've got to tip your hat to Canada for what they did, and, and I'll break that down a little bit here. Um, you have to be, I think it's hard to not be happy for a Christine Sinclair getting the moment that she did, um, that she's waited for for 21 years, really, but um, so many this past decade, really, of coming close in the Olympics, not really coming close at all in the World Cup in any of those editions, even on home soil. Um, and then, you know, Sweden, I think kind of kind of tough to watch from from that perspective, you know, also on a veteran standpoint, this penalty kick shootout, which, um, you know, to, to talk about that quickly, went to went to one round of sudden death. And it was Julia Grosso who who converted for Canada, but um, the winner for Canada, which Hedvig Lindahl gets a, a hand on, I think if she goes with two hands, that shootout continues and goes on, but she gets one hand on it. I'm not sure why that second hand didn't come down, but the one hand just kind of only only deflected it, didn't stop it, obviously. So um, only five of 12 kicks converted in that penalty shootout. I don't know if that's heavy legs. Certainly those legs got heavy six games in the span of essentially two weeks and 120 minutes, a penalty kick shootout. So um, you know, some saves in this one on both sides with Steph LeBay and Hedvig Lindahl, but also uh, just some PKs that didn't hit the mark. Um, Kosovar Aslani, first kick taker of the entire shootout, hits the post for Sweden. And um, I saw some of the photos post game of her at the, the medal ceremony. And, you know, I think eventually she might appreciate that silver medal, second straight silver medal for Sweden after losing to Germany in the gold medal match in 2016. But um, heads held held heavy for for Aslani and a lot of Sweden. So, um, you know, I, I think a tough one for them to swallow, tough one for her to swallow. But then you have Carolyn Seeger, who, you know, I think Christine Sinclair was asked about, spoke about a little bit afterward about her former roommate with the Western New York Flash, her former teammate, longtime friend. And Seeger puts her kick over the bar in this shootout and, you know, really tough for her. Um to, to be putting that over the bar, waited so long for this. We talked about Canada, and, and this was this was a game where either team would be winning their first Olympic gold medal or their first World Cup, and it's Canada who prevails. And for all the narrative that I think surrounded Canada with their inability to, to get to this stage to finish the job, Sweden now, you've got multiple third-place finishes in the World Cup, and if we look at the past decade, that's 2011, and 2019 third place it's now two straight olympics where they've lost in the gold medal game to settle for silver and they have never won a world cup or olympics and that's really tough on uh, i just mentioned aslani um sager and lindahl three veterans on this team all three of which i think you could say um you could rightfully wonder about whether they'll be in another major tournament maybe euros next year because it's a one-year turnaround but major international tournament, World Cup two years from now, another Olympics three years from now. Tough to say, and and honestly, no better shot than this. I mean, second straight gold medal match, clear favorites against Canada coming into this, and they settle for silver again. So certainly heartbreaking for, for those veterans especially, but bright future for Sweden, no doubt. Um, but you look at how this game played out, and we talked about the shootout just now and, and what played out there, but... Prior to that shootout, that 120 minutes, Stina Blackstinius put Sweden ahead, 34th minute, and you know it looked like things were going about as expected. Canada came out 
you know, rather defensively and, and defensively stout and strong as expected, as they've done um, throughout this tournament, throughout this knockout round. And you just thought maybe this was going as you might expect with Sweden as favorites. And I think Christine said, Christine Sinclair said post game that she was asked about Sweden on a couple of occasions and she said, great team, huge hat tip to them. Uh, I'm paraphrasing here, but they'll be around for a while, you know, as contenders. But she said very specifically, and you have to agree the way this game played out, the worst thing they did was leave us in the game only down 1-0 at halftime. And that's what happened. The momentum in this game in that second half, the start of that second half, shifted entirely to Canada. And Bev Priestman made some changes. She brought Julia Grosso on, who was the eventual decisive kick taker in the shootout, brought her on for Quinn. She brought on, um, she brought on, uh, she took off Janine Becky and, and brought on Adriana Leon. And those two changes at halftime made a big difference um, for Canada and, and the shift there, you know, in, in what they were looking to do. So um, two changes there uh, with Leon and Grosso made a big difference. And then you look at what Coach Peter Gerhardson did at halftime. He brings on uh, Lena Hertig, who, who's been very good off the bench. And, you know, Lena Hertig, I think, was a microcosm of this game for Sweden in that um, she was tied for team high with three shots, multiple players with three shots. Sweden, there was no lack of opportunities here. Sweden had 24 shots on the day, and at least according to the official Olympic site and, and stat keeping, put three of those on frame. Lena Hurtig had three, put none of them on frame. And just beyond the numbers there, you look at two different opportunities for Hurtig in extra time. Clear, open, I don't want to say uncontested, but very good looks for headers. One of them off a corner kick, one from the run of play. The corner kick, almost a carbon copy of the, the goal that Hurtig did score against the U.S. in the opening match. And she puts them off frame and immediately afterwards screams into the heavens of the empty stadium. And, you know, that summed it up. 24 shots, three on goal. There were no lack of opportunities here for Sweden. Peter Gerhardsen said afterward, in previous games, we didn't need a lot of opportunities and we converted a lot of them, scored. This game, we had a lot of opportunities and we did not convert any of them. And he said, that's football. And I think he was very frank afterward. Peter Gerhardsen um, you know, maybe refreshingly so. He did acknowledge, you know, maybe that was a chance at history for Aslani, for Lindahl, for Sager. And, you know, I thought the quote was great. He said, football is in history. It isn't a tale. It's nothing like that. It's reality. And reality is brutal. Reality is feelings. You can touch the feelings of the group when we lose. And he went on to say that, you know, two years ago at the World Cup, they won the third place match for quote-unquote bronze it's it's not a bronze medal per se but third place finish at the world cup and they ended on a victory and that felt good and he said in theory this silver medal is better than bronze and should feel better but he doesn't feel that way today that's what he said uh it's a bit of a dejected feeling as you'd expect this was there for sweden it was there for the taking and um they couldn't get the job done and and that's going to sit with them for a long time i think it'll sit with carolyn sager a legend most capped player in Swedish history, one of the most capped in international history, putting her penalty kick over the bar at a time when uh, she could have helped finish the job there 
for Sweden in the shootout. Um, have to feel for her. Kosovar Aslani, one of the best players of this tournament, I, I would say, dictating play in that number 10 role. Really, you know, again, one of the better players in this tournament. I think, you know, Stina Blaxinius and, and Fridolina Rolfo, I think both, I was trying to go through my head of a, a tournament, a team of the tournament here, and I, I was like, I wanted to put six forwards on the team, which is not usually, I know that's how some team of the tournaments go, but I, I try to honor and acknowledge defenders, but there have been some really standout performances up top and, and not so many, I would say, in the back. But to that point, Canada defensively, I mean, I think a lot of attention on Vanessa Gilles, uh, rightfully so, paired there with Kadisha Buchanan centrally. Ashley Lawrence and Alicia Chapman have been great, were great as fullbacks, and then Steph LeBay and goal from the run of play, from the penalty kick spot. That back five, including goalkeeper Steph LeBay, spectacular. They gave up four goals in six games at this Olympics. That's what won Canada this Olympics, no doubt. That's absolutely what won Canada this Olympics. Defense, a collective defensive unit, that back five, but also going forward in that midfield, and at times defending from higher positions, even onto that forward line. And four goals conceded in six games. That's as good as it's going to get. And they needed it because they didn't score. This was not a team that was scoring in droves. It wasn't even a team that was scoring all that well. Least number of goals scored among any of the semifinalists. And you look at, uh, they went, they did not score from the run of play since the final group stage match against Great Britain in the 55th minute. That is really something to think about. That is an immense amount of time, over three full matches without a goal, plus extra time in the quarterfinal and um, the final here. So what is that, 270, uh, 330, 360, 365 minutes without a, a goal um, from the run of play. So they beat the U.S. They didn't. It was a nil-nil match against Brazil. They advanced on penalty kicks in the quarterfinal. Semifinal, they beat the U.S., by converting a penalty kick, which they were awarded through VAR, uh, Jesse Fleming with the conversion, and then the final 1-1 draw through 120 minutes. That one also a penalty kick awarded through VAR, finished by Jesse Fleming. And Fleming, 4-4-4 from the spot in this tournament, two in that run of play, or not the run of play, but two in regulation, and two, um, one in the shootout against Brazil, one in the shootout uh, against Sweden in the final. So big hat tip to her, uh, obviously, has been for a while the future. I don't think we can keep calling her the future of Canada. I mean, she is the now. She's 23, but she's almost at 100 caps at 23. She's got a bronze medal, a gold medal. She's played in a World Cup. Uh, I mean, you know, this is not, uh, you know, this is is a very experienced player, 23 years old or not. So um, it, it would be an injustice to say a young player coming in her own future. I mean, this is this is a player who's here and now um, clearly integral to the spine of this Canadian team. Um, and maybe, you know, that passing of the torch, which may at some point come for Christine Sinclair. I think you look at Jesse Fleming as as a leader of this team, uh, along with Janine Becky, I think, who's obviously more of a like-for-like swap for Sinclair as far as positions go. But um, and the shouldering of, of goal-scoring burden. But um, Canada defensively, they did it again against Sweden. You know, yes, 24 shots conceded. Not all of them super dangerous. Obviously, the three on goal. Some of that, you know, you, you have to be, if you're Sweden, you have to look yourself in the mirror. But some of that certainly, again, a credit to um, Canada's back line. I mentioned Vanessa Gilles, uh, one of those, one of those um, 
shots that jumps out and blanking on who bit of a blur of a tournament but in extra time she blocks a shot um, that was really a pretty good look it might have been Aslani actually um, blocked shot so you know it wasn't just Sweden not getting the job done putting the ball in frame there were defensive actions there from Canada um, that that held strong and you know hat tip to them um, I don't think anybody I don't want to say that certainly there was belief within Canada within this team I think most neutrals from the outside didn't really look at Canada pre-tournament and say, yeah, this is a really serious medal contender. Obviously, one of the better teams in the world, one of the best teams in the world, top 10. But, you know, I've talked about it, looking at this coming into this tournament, U.S., Brazil, Sweden, you wondered what Japan would do in the end. They really didn't have a shot. and They really never showed us anything. But U.S., Brazil, Sweden, Netherlands, I think you look at those four and you know, that was probably the pre-tournament group of, of real serious medal contenders, gold medal contenders. And then, you know, who's lingering on the outside in that next tier? Australia ended up breaking through. Canada obviously ended up breaking through. Japan never really showed us anything. Netherlands probably felt hard done by losing to the U.S. in the quarterfinal. But I would not say a lot of people predicted this. And, and anybody saying that they did now, I'd like to see the receipts because... This was not a team that jumped off the page, but they came together at the right time. Huge credit to Bev Priestman. Huge credit to the 18, the 22, excuse me, that, that got the job done throughout the tournament. Some young players, a Julia Grosso jumping out. Um, you know, again, young in, in the sense of age, but a Jesse Fleming, not so much in terms of experience. She's obviously has that um, a mix there with that old guard, which is, you know, Christine Sinclair, Desiree Scott really anchoring that. Steph LeBay is, is kind of at the end of that journey, it, it sounds like, um, internationally at least. You know, this all came together at the right time. They got the tactics right. Bev Priestman got the, the substitutions, the rotation right. And in the end, they deserved this. You know, I, I think coming into this game, I would have said Sweden, yes, to, I mean, either team obviously, but would have deserved this with Sweden as gold medal favorites. But, you know, you can, you can quibble. You, you can kind of nitpick. I mean, the VAR again, you know, was it a softer PK? Were there opportunities? You know, was it a soft PK even against the U.S.? There's probably still people arguing about that. All of these things. But one, these are the things that any team that wins a tournament has. The U.S. had them in the past two World Cups. They've had them in past Olympics. These are moments that you get. And Canada will certainly tell you that from the 2012 Olympics, that the U.S. has had those moments, okay? They will certainly tell you that from the semifinal, as we've heard about. Two, all of those things, in addition to those being moments that you need to win a tournament, no matter who you are, in addition to those, the way they played out, Canada, ultra-defensive, looking for opportunities on the counter in transition, and whether that's scoring it from in you know, from the run of play in transition or earning the PK in transition, all of that played out perfectly because that's how they won the games. That's how they scored. That's the only way they scored in the knockout stage. They got to the shootout, got the job done in the shootout twice in three knockout games, and they're Olympic gold medalists. So um, until three years from now in Paris, in France at large, I guess, for the, the football tournament, which will feel like a, a redux of the, the World Cup 2019, which is good and bad memories, certainly from a travel perspective as someone who was there for the 37 days or so. Um, we'll see how that plays out. But it's interesting that Canada has 
thrived in three straight Olympics now, bronze, bronze, gold, after um, did not qualify for the first three quarterfinals in 2008 and then bronze, bronze, gold. Interesting that they've been able to thrive in an Olympics, but really underperformed in a World Cup. Last place in 2011, quarterfinal exit on home soil in 2015, round of 16 in 2019 at the hands of Sweden. Um, So we'll see how this potentially propels them in, in the 2023 World Cup, much like we talked about with Australia. Sweden, you know, I it's hard to, to really nitpick what they did wrong, certainly in this tournament, but even in this game, I mean, finishing their chances is the bottom line, but really strong tournament for Sweden. Unfortunately, that's really no consolation to them taking that silver. They're not going to be too happy with that, but that's it. Canada, Olympic gold medalist. Christine Sinclair and company um, got the job done. So, been happy to bring you this, the special edition podcast of Kicking Back after each round of Olympic play. Um, it's Canada with gold, silver for Sweden, and the United States with bronze for the first time, as we talked about on the previous episode. Kicking Back, usually a podcast where we bring on a guest, whether that's a player, a coach, TV personality, anybody in women's soccer, have an in-depth conversation about what's happening right now, what's happening in their career. And if you missed any of those, please go back and listen. If you're listening to this, I assume you're interested in women's soccer, and we have so many good conversations you're going to want to go listen to in the archive and in the future. So please subscribe here, uh, whatever podcast platform you're listening to, so you don't miss any. Please rate and review, send us some kind words, and keep an eye out for future episodes going forward here of Kicking Back with Guests. And I'm your host, Jeff Kasouf. If you like this kind of format that we've been doing on Kicking Back, which is more of an analytical monologue, dialogue is more what it is on our other, our other podcast. The Equalizer podcast is your place to go every week. We release a new episode talking NWSL, obviously Olympics, international soccer, FAWSL quite often. So uh, the next episode of that is due next week, early next week, Tuesday morning, and you will hear plenty more about this Olympics from Claire Watkins, who hosts that podcast, and uh, a rotating group of guest analysts, uh, always a good time there. So the Equalizer podcast for your weekly hit of analysis, kicking back here for your weekly insight into uh, personalities within the game with myself having a conversation and equalizersoccer.com slash subscribe, in-depth analysis, insight, interviews, reporting, all that good stuff year-round, 59 bucks. Usually there's a coupon and get you everything for the year, all you can want on the women's soccer front, certainly from our North American perspective covering U.S., Canada, UEFA Champions League, International, FAWSL, so much more. So thanks for joining me on these special editions. I'm your host, Jeff Kasouf. Looking forward to getting back to the regular kicking back as well. And I hope you can kick back. I know these 3 a.m. wake-ups, Olympics, I'm ready to have myself a a nice stiff drink here to celebrate the end of these Olympics and uh, looking forward to, to some games at some more regular times, at least locally here. So thanks for joining me. Happy to bring you these and catch you soon on Kicking Back Normal Edition. Happy Olympics. Hope you enjoyed it.